Hello, everyone, and welcome to 2020, and welcome to The Road to Rediscovery. I'm your host, Aubrey Johnson. The Road to Rediscovery is about reflecting on the lessons that life throws at us to learn and grow from them, and of course, pay it forward to uplift others who are struggling. It's a new year, and I am so thrilled to keep this journey going on with each and every one of you. I have a question. Have you ever planned something, an appointment, an event, whatever, doesn't matter. And it's nothing spectacular. In fact, it's quite routine. But during this event, an incident occurs of devastating proportions that becomes a pivotal and transformational point in your life. Well, this happened to my special guest, and the way she's responded is a genuine testament to her character, heart, and compassion for others in this world. She's an actress, a writer and producer. She's produced her first internet TV show, Hanging Out with Heather, and author of the book, Bullied at the Dog Park, a story with a compelling message that applies on the many levels of society. Coming at us from the Big Apple, it gives me great pleasure to introduce Heather Lehrman. Heather, welcome. It's so nice to have you on the show. Wow, that was a great greeting, Aubrey. Thank you so much. No, my pleasure. Uh, pleasure's ours to have you on the show for sure. So um, tell the listeners about yourself a little bit, where, where you're from, upbringing and so forth. I'm born and raised in Long Island, New York. Mm -hmm. And I still live here now, currently living here. Um, I am the, the things you've said, but I'm also, I've owned a pet service business for eight years, mm -hmm. which was dog walking, pet sitting, pet taxiing, meaning taking the dog to and from vet appointments or grooming right. appointments. <laughs> um, pet, I was, I'm certified in pet CPR and first aid. So that was, that's nice. been a big part of my life for the last eight years. And like you said, I have, I've authored a book called Bullied at the Dog Park. And the, um, the way it started was that I have this adorable Boston Terrier named Herbie who's laying right next to me and you guys might hear some snorting going on. That's just <laughs> his natural, his natural tone. <laughs> no, it's <And>, beautiful. <laughs> and he's my baby boy. Mm -hmm. And I took him to a, a private little dog park and he was bullied when he was a puppy. He was attacked by a, a larger dog that wasn't social over toys and right. I threw a flying disc because really the word frisbee I could say it but in the book I couldn't because it's trademarked right <laughs> right you have to know every word when you write a book. <laughs> just so you guys know that out there you have to look at uh, every word to make sure it's not trademarked uh, copyrighted <laughs> I mean so I threw the frisbee and sure enough he went to get it and a dog jumped on top of him and beat him up pretty good. And oh, I was very upset, very upset. Um, he had like a little bloody eye and some bloody paw marks, uh, you know, on his leg, scratch marks. So yeah. I knew from being a dog professional that those two things I noticed right then and there weren't so horrible. So the right. owner was grabbing his dog off of him and 
apologizing up and down. And I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Is there anything I could do? Is there anything I could do? And I said, you know, I've dealt with this before. I know how to deal with a little blood in his eye. I'll just, I'm going to go home and I just want to clean him up. And Mm -hmm. he's like, well, you know where to find me if anything happens. So I, I did take him home and, you know, he was acting fine. And I know how to cleanse out an eye and clean the little scratch, bloody scratch marks on his leg. Right. And I wasn't really too concerned. But a few hours later, we were playing and he jumped up on the coffee table right across from me. So his head was looking at me and he had, he's tiny. I mean, he's only 20 pounds, but at that time he was probably 15 pounds as as a puppy. And he had a huge bubble sticking out of his neck, the size of his head. Oh my goodness. And it's called a hematoma. And it's a blood bubble. And I freaked out. And thank goodness at the time, my vet was literally down the block. So I rushed them there and they said they weren't an emergency animal hospital. They were just a smaller part of the vet, the central vet, you know, station. So they're like, we got to get him over. The driver's going to take him right now to another town, which was like a 30 minute drive. And he's got to get that drained. And it's, they, it, I was scared to death because he was my baby boy. And oh, for sure. Yeah. You know, I, and they said it's really dangerous. It came from a dog bite. So basically, my point right. being that it came from that dog biting him. Right. Bit his neck while he was on top of him, but mm-hmm. we didn't know it at the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it was horrible, but. Thank goodness it was two days of worrying to death about him, but he ended up fine. And I actually had to have a battle with these people because it was actually a couple. It wasn't just the guy. He had his girlfriend there, but she wasn't even close to the incident. And I ran and left them a note. I knew where they lived, but I didn't have their phone number. So I left them a note and just asked them, told them what happened after the fact and they actually bullied me, which is hysterical because she pushed him aside and got on the phone with me. I just asked them to help with the bill, which was a couple of grand. Well, and, of course. I mean, that's yeah. only fair. And I didn't even have to be honest, but I was because I'm right. not like that. I had pet insurance. So out of $2,000, I was covered. 1300 of it was covered. Thank goodness. Everyone out there, you really pet insurance really works, just so you know. It's a great tip because people ask me all the time, oh, it's probably just a scam. I'm like, no, he's, his bill is two grand and I only had to pay 700. So wow. he was That covered. really works. Yeah. That's good. Great yeah. tip. Yeah. So um, I just asked for the other seven. That was it because yeah. it was their fault. So right. she got on the phone with me the very next day, put me on speaker, said the boyfriend will not be speaking from this point forward and was talking like a lawyer. I don't know what you think happened, but your dog attacked my dog and blah, 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 blah. And I, right mm-hmm. there, I just couldn't believe it. And this was actually while Herbie was still in the ICU, actually. So I was just so upset. And, and then listening to that tone and what she was trying to do. Yeah. I, you know, once I was still vulnerable, but once I got him home and I knew he was safe and sound, then I just said to her, you know what, I'll see you in court. And that was That's it. Right. I, had to, I had to take them to court. So mm. 
the bullying was all around. It was the dog, it was them. And I ended up just telling, you could hear him snorting, right? Yeah, I could hear him. Yeah. <laughs> My boy, he's <laughs> tired. Um, I ended up telling the story so much, saying he got bullied at the dog park, that that just stuck with me. And that became mm. the title of my book. And I ended up turning his character into an illustration. And he had other friends that I call the smush face breeds because Boston Terriers, French Bulldogs, Pugs, they all have the little smushed in face. So I called them my smushies. <laughs> and I... I made a book with him and his smush-based friends. Right. And I turned all the I it start based on the true story of him being bullied and then I created the rest of the story where he meets he goes on a journey to find out why he was bullied and right. he on the journey he meets a beloved bulldog and a, a cute pug and two French mm -hmm. bulldogs and each one of them has a story of how they were bullied in one way or another. And each one relates to a kid, like how a kid could be bullied in real life. Right. So I made the characters relate to children's scenarios. And I ended up just writing the book. I found a great illustrator because that I'm not. <laughs> um, <laughs> wish I was, but I don't have an artistic bone in my body, unfortunately. I have the creativity, but not the artistic part. Um, and then, you know, it turned out to be a book. And next thing I know, I was doing some school assemblies and the teachers, the kids, the teachers, they all loved it. And I was actually shocked at the, the feedback, you know, that the kids were giving in these assemblies, because after I would read it up on a big screen, they loved the dog characters and they'd be like, oh, you know, we want to meet Herbie. Right, and, right. And I'll just say quickly, I brought him to a school once and that was it because they made me go to every single classroom and it was tons of hands <laughs> all over him. He was so stressed out. I'm like, I oh, can't, yeah. sorry. Yeah. But um, <laughs> they all want to meet him. So now I have just a live video that I could show them of him and it's good enough, you know. But, yeah. But in the aftermath of reading the book, I would go around afterwards in the group and say, so tell me who was bullied. Tell me what happened and what, you know, what good came out of it. And I was just amazed at what the kids were shouting out. And they were like, I didn't like that Herbie got bullied. And, and, you know, that happened to me one day. And right, then right. they just all, they all started talking about, their own bullying situations. And I was like, this is amazing because this is exactly what I was going for, that it would open right. up lines of communications with kids and get them at a, this is for a young age group, like four to eight. And you got, while they're still so young, I wanted them to learn what, what it is when someone's mean to you or leaves you out. And it's never nice to leave somebody alone and leave them out. You know, I think a lot of us know the story about a kid that would be sitting alone at the lunch table in school, you know, and right. I don't think we realized back then if it was you or if it wasn't you, but you didn't go and invite them over. Cause it was like, ew, they're, they have cooties, whatever, you know? Right. Right. How hor how horribly it affects somebody. 
Well, it, it tremendously does. And I'm glad you mentioned that, Heather. You touch on a very good point that I wanted to kind of, I don't know, crack open and, and talk about a little bit more. First off, um, as you said a few minutes ago, you know, it's, it's a story for children and everything. And, and, and that's true. But the beauty of this, in my mind at least, is that while it is a story for children, this, the message behind it is applicable on so many levels, right? Preschoolers, middle schoolers, high schoolers, adults, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, and oh, so, yeah. yeah. And, and I, don't, I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, my parents obviously had rules for, you know, within the home and a set of guidelines in how we conduct ourselves uh, and what to expect from the world once we walk out that door, right? So among the many things, you know, they taught my siblings and I, one lesson that resonated with me has always been like, well, you heard of the golden rule, right? Um, well, what's that? We, we might have two different <laughs> golden rules. I don't know. Uh, well, what, what I was taught was, you know, do unto others oh, yeah. as yeah. you would have them do unto you or treat others the way you would like want to be, be treated, treated yeah. and want to be treated. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, uh, and, 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 and to me that just, it, it resonated with me and I carry it to this day. Uh, but you know, my parents were very uh, transparent and candid with me on the outside world. You know, when you walk out that door and go to the park or go to the library or walk down the street, you know, and this is something that's huge for children to learn in the lesson of your story. I was wondering, was there a lesson or rule that your parents gave you in dealing with the outside world that, that, that may be sort of reflective in this story? You know, it's funny because I was just thinking about it as you were saying that, and Uh I'm like, great that they did that with you, but they, they, I guess it was, I don't know. It wasn't that, um, I'm losing the word here, but it wasn't that apparent, like that they were just straight out saying, Mm -hmm. listen, this is, I think it's a little different because we grew up across the street from our elementary school and kindergarten. So I don't think that they were so concerned you know, because it was like right across the street. Right across and, the street, gotcha. And they and all our friends lived literally on on our block and everyone knew each other's parents. So it wasn't mm. it was a little different, but it was funny because I got more advice when I got older. It gotcha. was not not really as a kid what what to beware of and what's gonna happen. I don't think things were different with me, but um it was more when I got older that I would get mm-hmm. some pretty funny advice. I think I mentioned to you, I did some stand-up comedy. And yeah. part of my, not to get off track here, but part of one of my bits once was about, you know, my dad gave me some really strange advice growing up. Like, you know, you better get a job and make sure your boss is a male. Make sure you interview with a male because he was old school, like, that a male would hire me over a female, meaning because females would be jealous or, or this or that or catty right. and not want to yeah. hire you. So 
and make sure because you're going to lose your looks by 30 make sure you get a great job <laughs> by 30 because you're going to lose your looks i'm like thanks dad i appreciate that <laughs> oh man okay uh, i guess that's a lesson in, in how to operate outside the door well, in my adulthood what? right yeah well guess what i passed 30 and uh-huh. he he felt bad saying that because he's like all right i guess you know <laughs> and it, i guess in his day it was different in his day because 30 you were right. old kids you know like totally yep. different so oh yeah you looked but, 50 back then i guess at 30 and now when uh, you're 40 you look 30 so it's different yeah. <laughs> no, no big time difference yeah it's a different world you know and, and it was a it was another generation at that time and and my father and mother pretty old school as well when it came to that age of 30 for sure uh hey let's get back to herbie um now yeah. how, how old is herbie he is turning nine next week, January 31st. And he's 31st. Been with yes, he's been with me since he's nine weeks, and he's going to be nine years. So it's been a, nine years together. Very nice. Very nice. So um, growing up, was your family uh, a, a dog family? I, I take yes. It, is that yes. where your, your love of dogs stems from? Yeah, we had dogs our whole lives. We always had two also, and they were always rescue dogs. And Herbie's the only dog because I don't, well, you know what? Your show's sentimental. So this is something I never even told you. So Mm -hmm. my father actually passed away in 2011. And when he was, thank you. He was sick for a long time, but when he was at the ending stage, I didn't have, I wasn't married and I didn't have, you know, I didn't know if I was going to end up having a son, but I said, but dad, even if I do, I, I'm sorry, but I'm not going to name him Herbert. I just don't want that name, even if I have a son, but I'm going to definitely get a dog and name him Herbie because it's adorable. And he just looked up at me with the biggest smile on his face and said, you would do that? I said, of course I will. So I knew that I wanted a Boston Terrier and I was going to name him Herbie. So he had to be a boy. So Herbie's named after my dad. Oh, that is so sweet. <laughs> that is, that's a tear jerker, Heather. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I got you. I got you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got me. I mean, for a couple reasons, uh, number one, uh, you know, I, I lost my father in 2006 and, and he was sick too. And then number two, just, uh, you know, naming your dog after your father, uh, you know, uh, there's, there's a, there's a true heartfelt sentimental reason for, you know, for, for, for giving that name to, yes. to another, you know, to another living, living thing that, that, that you love so much, you know? So yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You got, you got dad, me on that one. <laughs> I definitely know my dad knows about him. I know that he see that he, I, I know mm-hmm. that he, sees us you know i just i know he knows about him i just you could just i've always felt it you know and and i also did say though that in the same sentence so i'll make you laugh a little (laughs) i said yes of course i will and i said but what but promise me two things 
you're going to send me my husband and you're going to send me the lotto numbers. And he goes, can I do that? <laughs> he goes, can I do that? I go, yeah, of course you can. So he did send me my husband, but I'm still waiting for the lotto numbers. <laughs> still waiting for the lotto numbers. <laughs> oh, that is hilarious. <laughs> He's like, I can do that. I'm like, yes. <laughs> Well, look, I mean, you know, first off, one out of two is not bad. And if, 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 if you got one, then definitely number two is coming. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> oh, that is hilarious. I love it. I love it. And, and, and you know, I'm a dog lover and um, I, I had two dogs. I lost my girl dog March of last year. Uh, she was 15. Uh, my boy dog, I, I still have. He's 15 now, and uh, and so it's you know he's 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 healthy, but um, really paying attention to uh, you know like hip dysplasia and all that good stuff. What kind of dog? Uh, he's a mix between a uh, Rottweiler and a Chow. Oh, okay, that's a cool mix. Yeah, his name is uh, Tyson, and uh, and he's a beautiful dog, and of course you know any dog owner owner talking about their own dog is going to say that but i truly no, believe um, i can imagine that because that's why i said that's a cool mix i could imagine i definitely want to see a photo so you'll have to send me one i will you can count on me sending you a photo <laughs> of my tyson yeah he is he is extraordinary now um and i'm familiar with some breeds you know but Quite honestly, I have to say, I'm not too familiar with Boston Terriers, but uh, are Boston Terriers and, and let's say, smush face breeds <laughs> in general uh, uh, friendly and social dogs? Yeah, absolutely. Nice. He's very playful. Uh -huh. They're very assertive. So if you look up, Boston Terriers are black and white normally, but they can be brown and white. Right. And that could be a black and white French bulldog, and people will have asked me a million times, is he a French bulldog? He's a French bulldog, right? No, he's a Boston Terrier. But <laughs> they, they mix them up because if a Frenchies could be all different colors, but if they're black and white, they could look exactly like a Boston Terrier. And they both I snort. See. They both snort and snore. Yeah. Um, I didn't know snorting was like one of the characteristics for oh, the yeah. smush face. Oh, yeah. Listen, <laughs> listen for a second. Okay. Now that I want him to do it, he stopped. Like, what's uh -huh. going on? Uh-huh. Um, yeah, he snores all night, like 300-pound truck driver, I said, call him. 300-pound <laughs> truck driver. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, you know, so, that's, that's a great, vivid description, for sure. Yeah, the 20-pound uh, Boston Terriers. So <laughs> people don't realize it until they are aware of it, but every... Mm -hmm commercial with dogs has a Boston Terrier in it. Really? And they use them for a reason because they attract the eye that you'll yeah. notice now. You're going to notice in commercials, any dog commercial, there's always a Boston Terrier. So it's because they're so assertive and smart that they could be on TV right. and learn how to do things easily. Yeah. And yeah. because they're you, just a unique looking breed that catches the eye. So I always say, you know, I'm biased, but I'm really not because my Boston happens to be so cute. Like he just has such a cute face. Some Bostons are very box, like a box looking, right. yeah. but he's like round headed and people really don't 
they think sometimes, is he a pug? Is he a French bulldog? They don't get right. right away that he's a Boston, but any Boston Terrier I see anywhere, if I'm walking around the streets in Manhattan or where I live, I st mm -hmm. I'll stop my car and get out because it's like they're this special breed. And my friend had one that I got really close to while my dad was passing away. So I said, I'm getting one. And it was the only dog I didn't rescue that, you know, wasn't a rescue dog from, but I said, you know what? I think we definitely, we grew up rescuing dogs, plenty of them. So mm -hmm. I don't, all the people that, and of course I'm one of them now that still will say rescue a dog over buying a dog from right. a breeder, never a pet store. Don't ever, ever buy a dog from a pet store. I mean, Herbie came uh from a breeder. Yes, but I yes. wanted Herbie for a specific reason, and now you know why. Oh, because, yeah, now I know why. And also because my dad had a beetle when we were growing up, and the mm -hmm. Volkswagen beetle came back, you know. Oh, like Herbie, but, the beetle. Right, so Herbie the love bug. <laughs> yeah, the love and, bug. <laughs> yeah, so my dad loved that show. That was actually a real show, and then it became a Lindsay Lohan right. movie years later, but... That yeah, I remember when it was original, the re original, I think it was a Disney movie, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. so Herbie the Love Bug is his real, like he's Herbie the Love Bug. And, and so it went, it went with the car and the dog for my dad. No, well, in that case, that makes perfect sense. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, see, I see the tie-in at every level, right? Yeah. Uh, from your father to the vehicle uh, to your dog. Yeah, it all ties together. So it's yeah. it's it's so purposeful. That is uh that is that that is amazing, you know. <laughs> um Heather, so the book you've shared with children, um you've asked children to just in a quick review of the story, who's the bully and 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 how should uh it be like re uh, received by the person being bullied uh, or mm -hmm. by the dog being bullied and 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 you've covered so much and went as far as to bring herbie to meet the children now you share a video with them so um i'm sure you are impacting so many young lives in how they should treat others out there in that cold world and how to respond if they're mistreated, you know? Exactly. And, and I do separately from the book, if I do do a school assembly, I do a little bullying lesson where I have mm -hmm. my sheet that I really drill into them and I put it up on the screen too. And basically I just took the word bullying and spelt mm -hmm. it out going, you know, downward like b vertical, yeah yeah vertically and mm -hmm. next to the b be nice to everyone next right. to the u you know upstander you have to mm -hmm. stand up for your friends if they can't do it themselves you know or go help them get someone to help you know there's a lot of kids that feel bullied that don't tell anybody right and if you're friends with a kid if you're friends with someone that you know, even an adult, you have to be an upstander. You, if you can't, if your friend can't stand up for themselves, you have to do it for them. That's right. Um, you know, and then the L is for, um, I can't even think right now, but basically at the end of that lesson, that's what they 
always shout out when I say, okay, so what's the biggest thing you learned today? And they yell out, be nice to everyone. Never leave anyone out. And that's the message of my book. That is wonderful. That is wonderful. And the children, you know, as I know it's cliche, but they are our future, right? And there is so much going on in the news today with just people disrespecting each other, mistreating each other, um, whether it's uh, domestic abuse or just strangers having fights due to road rage and all this, you know, and, and, and I think, I mean, you're giving our future the recipe for making the world a better place and treating each other with love and respect uh, as the generations progress here on this earth. So I can't thank you enough for that investment in the future in spite of the devastating uh, um, uh, incident that happened as a result. You know, you've turned it around in a big way, just as I mentioned when I, uh, when I introduced you. Um, so here's my question. I, can you talk to us about your ongoing initiatives with Herbie and the Smushies? Um, what, what, what are some of those initiatives that you want to, you really want to take this to the next level to champion your message and making the world a better place? Yes, absolutely. So anyone who looks on at my looks for my book bullied at the dog park mm-hmm. you could either see it on amazon or bullied at the dog park.com but anyone who just takes a quick peek will see that the characters come alive and they look like a cartoon already and that's been my dream for the last two years i've been working on pitching a series where every episode the kids will learn a valuable life lesson And at the end, Herbie will come out and say, recap what happened. So Bullied at the Dog Park would be the pilot episode, obviously. Right. And and other episodes would be written. But it's really tough. You know, you have to get picked up by a network or a production house. Animation is very, very expensive. So I took a lot of my savings and I worked on making my own animated short film. And if anyone wants to see just a cute little 2D trailer clip, it's on my website, Bullied at the Dog Park, where they can see them come alive in a cartoon. And I have a seven minute short film that's been accepted into three children's film festivals already. And it just won a bunch of awards at one in September. And I was so proud and so happy because I put so much work into it. I was the executive producer. I was a voiceover playing mommy. I, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I had to work with the animator on a daily basis. The other actors, voiceovers, you know, I put it all yeah. together, blood, sweat, and tears and all my money. <laughs> and <laughs> now my dream is that it does end up being a series and it's on every TV screen because it could be, I just picture it being an every Saturday morning cartoon that the kids watch with their family like I did you know, growing up watching cartoons on a Saturday morning. I know these days it's different. It's 24-7 and they're on every tablet. But just that I just want it to be out there where it could be a weekly series and every week they learn something. And again, this is for preschool and kindergarten age mostly. Right. But parents can learn from it too. 
Oh, for sure. Yeah. Parents can learn from it too. And, 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 and that's, and, and that kind of segues, and I know I said this before, but it kind of segues to my next question for sure. Uh, it's a tremendous message. And this is through man's best friend, right? Since the, be- since the beginning of time. To me, that's part of the beauty. Also, you know, I know in my heart of hearts that our listeners who are parents out there can certainly use your book, not only for guiding their children, but also to connect with them, right? I mean, in the world of tablets and mobile devices and, and streaming TV and all this stuff, it's so easy to put a child in front of one of those devices and say, here, you sit with this and I'm going to go cook dinner or vacuum the living room or something like that, you know, but, but, but in an effort to, to connect with them at, at, at the deepest level, right. Um, just by look and feel and being next to each other, reading the book, talking about it, uh, the connection right there, I see this book as a tremendous vehicle for making that happen. So how can our listeners, I know you mentioned Amazon and bulliedatthedogpark.com, but is there any other way that um, our listeners can, can, can read an excerpt from your book or follow yeah, so, you or follow yeah, you on your journey? Absolutely. I mean, everything's yeah. on my website and I okay. would definitely say go there first. Mm-hmm. You could purchase the book on Amazon too, but it, that just shows you the front cover and the back cover, which is great. The back cover has a synopsis of the whole book, but okay. if you just go to bulliedatthedogpark.com, you'll see testimonials from teachers and parents. And that I think is the most important thing for, for anyone who wants to buy the book to read coming from somebody who it made a difference in their lives already. And yes. I have some great testimonials on, on there from parents that they couldn't believe after reading the book that their children started that the child opened up about what bullying that happens with among her and her friends and she said I never thought by just getting another I thought it would be another children's book but it was read four or five times and this is a woman who does a huge mom blog and the fact that Mm. it went out on that blog I was thrilled because that's what I wanted that's I wanted to hear that. And when I saw that review, right. well, testimonial come back, I was so happy because that's exactly what I wanted to hear that she literally used the words I use. It opened up the lines of communications between me and my kids. I, I honestly didn't know that it would have such an impact. So that book really does open and, up the lines of communications. I mean, oh, it, for sure. They connect. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it could be one little thing that one character says that will right. trip the child's mind about something that happened to them that's very relative. It's, it, I love it. I love it because when I, I love reading it to groups. Teachers, right. te- all the teachers out there, you have to buy the book because I'm not saying it like for sales. I'm saying it because no, no. every teacher I know bought the book to read to their classroom because right. they, and they, they'll reread it to their classroom a lot. And mm-hmm. my book, my book is pretty much has it made it across the country. You know, people purchased it in California, all, all good, different good. States. But my other goal besides having the film 
the, the cartoon picked up is that the book is in every elementary school across America, because I really believe it should be in every elementary school, even if it's in the mm. school library and the right. teachers for the grade levels that they think it should be read to could mm. grab the book. And I just wanted to say that too, that I made the book a very sturdy, beautiful, hard covered book that people just don't do anymore. It's pretty, it's, right. it's much more expensive to print a book that way. So right. people 99% will say, you know, soft cover. And then me, that's not a children's book. No. I love the feel and the sturdiness and it's going to sit in the bookshelf for years. And people, you'll look back 10 years later at this, the book will still be beautiful because it's so beautifully made. I see what you're saying. So it speaks to the authenticity and, and how genuine the book is. Um, just like, just like back in the day, right? When uh, again, before, the internet before multimedia and social networks when people read books and books they had they were massive and they they had substance to them the the cover you can tell was a cover it wasn't only slightly thicker than the pages it was it had mass and substance to it where right. it will last right and right. and so yeah and 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 that to me that just that just speaks to uh the nostalgia of how we remember books to be and you're bringing it to a current book today. That is, that is amazing. Yeah. And That's I have to tell you that I, um, just going back quickly, I did sure. go to this big meeting with a bunch of kids networks last year and mm -hmm. I just carried my book around. I was pitching the series. You're not really, you can't really pitch the book because unless you're a top a top selling author, like on the best selling list, they're right. not going to adapt anything from a book, but they all grabbed the book from my hand because they just happen to all be looking for that young age group kid right. shows. And I'm still fingers across. I'm still waiting on a few that were seemed very, very interested. Mm -hmm. I actually mm -hmm. got a, an amazing email today. I don't want to jinx it, but I got an email today that I'm going to have a call with PBS in a few weeks. So that is exciting, true. Heather. Yes. But you can never, because you know, it's hard to be excited because it's just the first call, but sure. they, when they saw the book last year at this screening, this summit, they grabbed the book. They loved it mm -hmm. because it's, it is PBS. It's exactly PBS. Right educational yes cartoon um so i'm i just i had a really good feeling about them last year and um, they apologized for not really getting back to me and why it took so long and they said absolutely we're gonna set up a call right now with you because the same summit's going on in florida again right next, in a week and they said the week after we come back and i and they literally set the Skype call up. So it's just a great step, but you know, people say be realistic cause it could take years and blah, 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 blah. But I just feel very positive. I just, everyone give me positive vibes and you know, send them yeah. my way. Cause this would yeah. be, this is my dream. Well, from the road to rediscovery, I will tell you right now, Heather, we are sending positive vibes your way. 
they're coming to you in waves, okay? I feel really good about this. And sure, it could be a long process, but you know what? The longest journey starts with a single step, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it it, it truly does. And so um, for the listeners out there, look, I know you are parents and I know some of you are teachers you have to pick this book up and share it with your children, share it with your students. There is a tremendous message behind it. We hear so much about children growing up, either disrespecting their elders or uh, maybe disrespecting each other, you know, mistreating each other. Uh, And we want to really, really leave this world in such a way that our children have the proper mindset to treat each other with love and respect and that really will help the world become a better place uh, at the most elemental level. It's really easy. It's just sharing a story like this with them. So I urge teachers, parents, look out for this book. Go on Amazon. We will have information with direct links in the show notes of this episode of how to acquire Heather's book. Heather, man, I have really, really enjoyed this conversation with you. Uh, I've learned some stuff about Boston Terriers and smush faces. Um, and and, and I, I just, I, I appreciate your spirit. I appreciate how you take such a devastating incident and you turn it around to, uh, to, to help others grow, right? And especially our children. So, uh, so, so thank you so much for that. And, uh, and I'll, I'm, I'm in your corner. I'm one of your fans now. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Um, and I really enjoyed this conversation as well. Oh, thank you. Awesome. So now we have come to the segment I like to call three for the road. Now, Heather, these are where, uh, this is where I'm going to ask you three kind of rapid fire questions, um, to, foster uh, spontaneous uh, thinking, right? Uh, In giving a response. I like to challenge my guests in giving a response in five words or less. Now, if you, if you get on a roll with your answer um, and it's more than five words, that's okay. There won't be any avalanches or, you know, rock slide or landslides or anything like that. Um, That's okay. Uh, But these are designed to be, Rapid fire, five words or less, yet thought-provoking hypothetical questions. You think you're up for it? Bring it on, Aubrey. (laughs) (laughs) I love that competitive spirit. I can hear it through your voice. I really can. (laughs) All right. Well, here we go, Heather. Three for the road. Starting with question number one. You are anointed the queen of the world. And you can rule the world, but with only one law. What would it be? Everyone's equal. Everyone's equal. I like that. That's that. Two words? Uh, You did pretty good. (laughs) Okay. All right. Yeah, so you're one for one so far. All right. Number two. Complete the following sentence. The number one thing we can learn from dogs is unconditional love. Two more words. (laughs) (laughs) Unconditional love. I'm digging it. 100%. 
and and it's so true. They demonstrate that from the minute they're born until their last breath, for sure. Yeah. All right. Cool. All right. Number three. If you could walk out your door and cross a bridge to a place, any place in the world, what place would that be? The heaven that I perceive it to be. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. I like that. Uh, And and I'm just going to take a guess, okay? It's just the stab. But being a lover of dogs and the heaven that you picture it to be, and I've heard a long time ago that all dogs go to heaven, I'm imagining your heaven would consist of dogs. Oh, it will definitely have tons of dogs. <laughs> that is awesome. But, uh, that but is I'd awesome. like to see some family members too. Of course, of course, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think I think we all would. I for sure definitely would, and I'd sprinkle some dogs around too. <laughs> yeah, I I will always be surrounded by dogs. Awesome, fantastic. So for the listeners to get direct links to Heather's website and for picking up her book on Amazon.com, check out our show notes, which can be downloaded from Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TheRoadToRediscovery.com, and more. Heather. Thank you so, so, so much for coming on the show. It was great having you here. Thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. And thanks to all of you for tuning in and listening. I invite you to subscribe via Apple Podcasts if you haven't done so yet. And feel free to leave a rating and short review. Guess what? We're all roadies on this journey of life. And it sure feels good having you on the road with me. Thanks again for listening, everyone. We'll chat again soon.